great. But here's what he did. Rhyme it. Do you know how to rhyme it? Oh, please just rhyme it. And he really gets into it. Do you know how to rhyme it? Yes, of course. Sir. We will you don't have to think about it. So let's rhyme it today. Rhyme it. Yes. We are going to rhyme it. Just that's where he just after Ooh, ran down. Everybody, amazing! I'm not gonna remember any of it. That's good. That's the way to go. All over the Rams today and Rammy. I mean, now he's like on his feet. How are you guys? Who's house? Wow. Rammy. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Rams Brothers. I'm your host Dean, and I'm joined, as always, by my brother and the other fantastic host of this show, Nick. And Nick, we got Thanksgiving tomorrow. We got the Rams this weekend. But first and most importantly, how are you, my good brother? Oh, I'm good, man. You know, got a little uh, turkey dinner coming our way tomorrow. Looking forward to it. We got Jarek off at 9:30 a.m. Uh, Western Standard Time, so it's gonna be a good. Uh, it's gonna be a good Thanksgiving. Happy Thanksgiving to all the Rams fans out there. I hope you've been enjoying the pod. Hope you've been enjoying your family and the time off you have upcoming. It's gonna be a nice, relaxing period of time. I think it's all well deserved. The Rams hopefully can get a win this Sunday and kind of cap off the the perfect holiday weekend. But before you guys do anything else, before you dive into the podcast, make sure that you are ramming, <laughs> liked and subscribed. We have great things coming your way, two episodes every single week, and we love you guys. We appreciate you for listening. All right, Nick, the Cardinals. This is a, it's a little bit of a crazy preview we got coming up because it's a completely different team from what we saw in week six. Like to me, it's night and day. You have obviously Kyler Murray coming back. The Rams are, are four and six at this point. They started the week as two and a half point favorites. I was checking the spread as soon as the Seattle game ended. I was like, all right, what are we going to open up as? We're two and a half point favorites going into Arizona. Haven't lost there in a really long time. They've the Rams have actually won there the last eight times they've traveled in Arizona. But now, as of today, as of Wednesday night, they're one-point underdogs heading into Arizona. So to me, you go all the way back to 2014 to find the last Arizona Cardinals win when the Rams have come into their stadium. And somehow, some way, the spread has slid all the way three and a half points in favor of the Arizona Cardinals. Could it be Cooper Cup being day-to-day? Are there some things that we're kind of waiting on in terms of injuries to unfold? That we're going to know last second um, that are going to that are going to swing the spread in a certain direction. I think it's going to be an interesting game, nonetheless. You cannot underestimate this Arizona Cardinals team. Um, they've been playing well over the last couple of weeks with Kyler. Well, I think uh, you know Joe Public, like the majority of the money is probably came in really early. Uh, people thinking Arizona at two and a half point dogs was a good grab, so people were probably flooding Vegas with money. And then they wanted to make it more enticing for people to buy on the Rams. So they kept making the spread, you know, smaller and smaller. And I mean, yeah, it is, it is strange when you think about our record against Arizona and our record straight up against Kyler Murray. I mean, that was the most biggest playoff massacre in recent memory when they took him down in SoFi on the Monday night playoff (laughs) game. So I think I think two and a half, Rams minus two and a half is probably where the game will end, but you know it's probably going to be pretty close, especially with the number dipping like that. The Rams will probably win by exactly three. Yeah, <laughs> and then everyone's yeah. going to be like everybody that has the Arizona tickets because they looked good last week against the Texans. It felt like they were supposed to win that game. 
And the um, week prior, they got a win. Yeah, the week prior, they got a win their first week with Kyler back in the lineup. They beat uh, Atlanta. So, I mean, they're, com- they're coming together. I think they're – obviously, Atlanta's not a great team, but I feel like they're, they're putting pieces together. They're getting healthy at the right time. For a team that's 2-9, and nine, they're in a situation where they could play spoiler. Kyler Murray has, has come out and said that they don't feel like they're a bad team. They don't feel like they're a poorly coached team. They've been unhealthy in certain situations, and now they feel like they're back to speed. But so are we, right? So are the Rams. I think with the exception of Cooper Cup, who's going to be day-to-day in this game, we're going to get Kobe Durant back. We're going to get Kyron Williams back. It's massive for our running game. Obviously, we waived Daryl Henderson, and he's been signed back to the practice squad. We're going to see a little bit of Kyron Williams and Royce Freeman, to me. In my opinion, we're probably going to get a little bit of Royce Freeman as we're integrating Kyron Williams back into the offense. But to me, I feel like there is um, some optimism to be had and some wins, obviously, that you can get in the run game with Kyron Williams back, finally. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, Henderson, uh, you know, Royce and – Whoever else they were throwing in back there. Jake Funk, I think, even got a snap last week. Um, <laughs> Jake Funk hasn't been on the team in three years. <laughs> just just testing you. Somebody somebody else got a snap uh, Zach last Evans? week. Zach Evans, thank you. That's who it was. Where I was like, what? <laughs> this guy's still playing? Um, yeah, but, yeah, I mean, it's, it's going to be great because what we saw from the first three weeks from Kyron was absolutely huge to the run game. And it – it allows McVay's deep developing pass plays that unfortunately aren't going anywhere to, um, you know, it, it's more difficult for the defense to figure out exactly what's going on. So there's more time for them to actually develop. So it should be, that should really help. Did, did, did we have him last time they played Arizona? I want to say no. Yes, we did. Oh, we did? Yeah, we did. He ran for 158 yards. Yeah. So what's different with Arizona versus what we saw from them f- um, five weeks ago in week six? So you saw Josh Dobbs, right? So Josh Dobbs, the pastronaut, now with the Minnesota Vikings. Kyler Murray's fresh. is coming off of an ACL tear. They're one and one since Kyler's return, as we mentioned. Win over Atlanta and the loss over Houston in the past, this past weekend. So they're two and nine on the season. Kyler's only beaten the Rams once in in, in his career in eight attempts. So, I mean, to me, it's you're getting James Conner back. You're getting Kyler Murray back. James Conner being RB1, taking snaps away from the three-headed attack that we saw back in week six, which was Keontae Ingram, Damian Williams, and then... Inglewood's own Amari DiMaricato. Like that was a three-headed attack that we saw all the way back at week six, and now we're going to get a full dose of, of James Conner. And I think only one other running back got a carry against Houston, and it was Tony Jones Jr., and they just recently signed Michael Carter, who they claimed from the Jets. So you're probably going to get a little bit of, of James Conner mixed with Michael Carter, and you might get a little bit of Tony Jones Jr., but I think for the majority, you're going to get James Conner. And then for their pass catchers, their primary pass catchers are, in the recent weeks have been Trey McBride. This is a tight end that you cannot underlook whatsoever. Former basketball player, unbelievable athlete. They go to him early and often. He's been the, um, the leading target getter over the past two weeks. He had 131 receiving yards in Kyler's debut. So to me, like that's their, they're going to be their primary target, the tight end. And then Rondell Moore, Michael Wilson, who we talked about in the last episode from Stanford, who they drafted in the third round. And then Greg Dorch also has been getting a lot of targets recently. He got a lot of targets against Houston and Hollywood Brown. He only has three catches since Kyler Murray returned. So those are their primary pass catchers led by Trey McBride. He's a player that in the last four or five weeks has really come along. Previously, it was Zach Ertz. Now it feels like Trey McBride is going to be one of the better tight ends in the league. And they've also been mixing in a combination of tight ends. So they went with three tight ends, all getting some action in the last game against uh, against Houston and Jeff Swain and Elijah Higgins and Trey McBride. So 
a little bit of diversification, I think, from their offense. Um, defensively, Buda Baker's back. Jalen Thompson's also back. And he got hurt, um, I think it was the week before our game in week six. Jalen Thompson only ended up missing a couple of weeks. He's back up to full speed. He picked off C.J. Stroud in the first half of this Houston game. So this is a team that's much more prepared to play us than they were in week six. And I think that for for change week to week, teams getting better, teams getting hot at the right time, teams being able to play spoiler, the Arizona Cardinals fit that criteria. So that's my my main concern. It's like, are you going to be able to show up in an opportunity where you could sweep a division rival in back-to-back weeks? Or are you going to fall flat on your face and be a one-point underdog and play like it? I, I mean, I think it's going to be close no matter what, just – based on how how we usually step up to play the Cardinals pretty much every time like like we do uh, against the Seahawks. It is just interesting because what we're seeing from them is going to be a completely different attack. Um like like you said, it's just and this Trey McBride kid, I mean he's getting up there just looking like, you know, one of the best in the league right now and it's just going to continue to grow and you know, with Kyler and now Gannon together, it's just going to be you know, it's not Cliff Kingsbury, so it's just going to be a lot different than what we're used to. And I don't think they're really there yet. Last time we played them, they definitely weren't there this year with Dobbs, and they were kind of just like, you know, a team that really was just throwing everything against the wall. But whenever a quarterback, like, starts, like a new quarterback starts, everybody kind of steps up. Like, it when they won that first week with Kyler back, it reminded me when the Panthers brought back in Cam Newton – and it was that famous, like, I'm back game, yeah. which ended up, funnily enough, was against Arizona. Um, and then after that, Cam Newton completely was Can't not back and, like, fell on his face. So, I I mean, I do expect that to happen a little bit to these Cardinals, like, as the road, you know, kind of gets a little more windy for them uh, down the season. I think next year they could definitely be formidable, which sucks for us. But, I, I mean – our Rams are kind of in a good spot to maybe make a playoff push right now, which if you would ask me that in the third quarter of last week's game, I would have said, yeah, no shot. Like they don't, they don't deserve to be there. I recall. It's going to be scary because last time we played Arizona, we went into halftime, I think with like three points overall. I think it was like three, six. So they, yeah, we come like that. And then they, so the game ended up 26 to nine. So yeah, Arizona, yeah, I think yeah. Arizona had nine points at the half and then they were shut out at halftime. I think the score was like nine to three at half. And then we came yeah. back and scored like 26 unanswered points. So yeah, I mean, like that's, that's all and that's been done this year. Like this is a defense that ranks 24th overall in total yards. Their defense against the pass has been much better this year than their defense has been against the run. Their pass defense ranks 12th, but their run defense is I think 27th overall. They're allowing 132 yards on the ground per game. So they're allowing only 217 yards through the air conversely. So, and 26 points per game, and they've allowed 33 touchdowns this season, which is the second most behind the Giants. So there's yeah. flaws. Like defensively, there are flaws. Offensively, you're going to hit your home runs at times. They had a big home run to Rondell Moore um, in the game against game Houston, week, yeah. 48 yards. Yeah, I mean, they do hit home runs. Kyler Murray will tire down your defense. That's essentially what he does. He runs like a toddler who just stole your iPhone and wants to play a game on it. He has that in his in his bag. He can keep plays alive as long as he wants to and make a play downfield to a multitude of playmakers. So that's where there's concern. Rams have struggled to cover tight ends this season. But like we mentioned, hopefully getting Kobe Durant back. So hopefully the, the rotation, you don't have to play four safeties and two defensive backs. You can get a little bit more even in terms of your personnel. 
Um, and I, I don't know. I, when I look at this team, they're I think they're much better than they are from week six. Like this, this is a team that they're at home. Like they're ready to to play a much better game. They want to go two and one under Kyler Murray. They want to get a winning formula together for some of the young players on the team. Only a two and nine team right now. They don't want to be bottom feeders, but I mean, I guess they're they're trying to fight for a top pick at the same time. What are you going to do with Kyler Murray? But with this this run defense and Kyron Williams being back and Daryl Henderson being waived and Puka Nakua and Cooper Cup both being banged up, I feel like it's even more of a reason to rely heavily on your run game, right? Because this was the game afterward where Kevin Dotson came out and said he was he was extremely vocal. I think it was Tyler Higby too, but he was talking about winning at the line of scrimmage and having a run first identity. His quote was, it's the best because his offensive lineman you know, if we're getting tired, it's fine. Do it again, because we know that benefits the entire team if we can run it, Dotson said. And he believes that it should be our first option before we even start passing to really test the run just to see how they deal with it. And it's the perfect kind of situation to be able to do it against a team like this, who is a bottom feeder against the run, who does not have a great pass rush, doesn't have a great lot of great personnel up front. Like this, it's an opportunity to win consistently with Kyron and Royce Freeman, who showed you a lot with a limited amount of carries in this past week. So, yeah, I, I mean, like I said, it's Arizona week. There's, there's a real chance to, I'm just more than anything. There's a chance to make a statement here. Truly. Like it's Arizona, the Rams have owned Arizona. If you can go out there and you beat them handsomely, you are looking good. And now everybody's like worried about playing the Rams right now at this time of the year. But with how our defense has been this year, without Drew Locke coming in last week, we probably lose that game. And I know our defense yeah. technically knocked Geno out of the game, so it kind of points to the defense. Really, it was just Aaron Donald. Um, I'm worried that if Arizona controls the time of possession, which they absolutely can do with Kyler, and get in third and long situations, and then he just scrambles for third and 12 and gets the first down, and you do that all the way down the field, which they're more than capable of, then the Rams go three and out. All of a sudden, it's fourteen nothing, and we're playing yeah. from behind. And I just don't yep. like our chances. So, I as much as I would love to, like you know, truly make this a statement game and think that we can like absolutely like win it and win it on the run game alone, the defense is absolutely going to have to step up, and it's going to come a lot down to our defensive line. And you know, Aaron Donald has owned Kyler in his lifetime, so hopefully that is something that is still the case. Aaron Donald is still very much hungry. He's as fast as he's ever been. He's has a ton of sacks on Kyler Murray in his career. And Kyler Murray is coming off of the ACL, but it seems like he's running as well as he ever has. To yeah, me, one of the, great. the big, yeah, he looks great. One of the, and they, they took their time with him, right? Because you had the window of Josh Dobbs being able to play well as a backup, being serviceable, allowing Kyler to take his time and coming back. Um, so to me, one of the, the situational things, Nick, that you mentioned, and maybe this will be the first, Dean's key. You need one, two more to advance after you get this one. Stay disciplined. Arizona is a team that you're going to carry a lot of energy, a lot of swagger, a lot of mojo into that building for the right reasons, right? Because you've had a ton of success against them over the years. And we may be talking directly to Darion Kendrick, but being a defense that stays disciplined that gives absolutely no reason to give anything back in terms of penalties, in terms of free yardage, just be the smarter, better coach team and be able to sweep two division rivals in a retooling season. To me, that is a great way to be able to win a fan base back. It's a great way to be able to be four and one in a division. 
in a retooling season. And Raheem Morris has shown on film week over week over week that he has drawn up intricate blitzes and, and exotic blitz packages to be able to get Aaron Donald free, to be able to get Byron Young free and be able to create pressure on a quarterback. And you're going to have to be able to replicate all of those things in this upcoming week against Kyler Murray. So that's one key. Are you interested yeah. in hearing the second? Yeah, I, I mean, just to piggyback off that, and then we'll find the second banana. Um, I think a lot of what they did in Seattle was it felt like they were playing like really soft in the beginning and then came out at halftime and completely changed it up and just brought really cool, like you said, intricate blitz packages. So it completely threw them off their guard. Yeah. And it, it, you know, it's part of the reason why the Rams have become such a second half team because Raheem has been able to adapt and change the defense going into halftime. And yeah, I mean, I agree wholeheartedly with that key. I will, I will run with that key. All right. I'll give you the second key and you don't have to break any barrels. You don't have to any jump over any, any uh, badgers on a mine train, nothing crazy. CJ Stroud, through three interceptions last week against the Cardinals defense. Matthew Stafford has only thrown one interception in five games against Arizona, which is another reason to suggest keeping the offense condensed and simplified, which is what we've talked about week over week over week. How many times can we possibly talk about getting Matthew Stafford under center in play action and condense the playbook and simplify it? Win at the line of scrimmage, be able to get your, your easy matchups and win in the passing game. You don't have to throw the ball 40 times to win. You have to be able to rely on Royce Freeman and Kyron Williams in big situations, be able to get yourself in favorable third downs, short second down situations. You could take shots there, but on third down, you have to be able to convert. You have to be able to stay on the field and keep Kyler Murray off of it so that your defense isn't completely exhausted. Yeah, and I, 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 it felt like for the, through the first half of that Seattle game, it was all Seattle time of possession. And we were able yeah. to take over that and run the ball more efficiently in the second half. But yeah, I mean, like two, three and outs in a row. And I think there's a real shot that we can get down behind fast against this Arizona team with Kyler. And I'm worried that that could be a big problem. Well, here's another way to avoid it. Here's another key. Winning on third down. Arizona is the second worst team in the league at defending on third down. They've allowed a 47.6% completion percentage. The Rams have been in the middle of the pack when it comes to third down this season. They're roughly 14th, 15th overall, but it's a huge opportunity, like we just mentioned, to keep Kyler Murray off the field. Put yourself in favor favorable third down situations consistently. It opens up the playbook versus being an empty in second and seven, and then almost turning the ball over and then having to do double duty in making up your play call which was originally a shit play call in second and seven, make up for it on third and seven, run a backside screen to Daryl Henderson. Daryl Henderson gets tackled because he doesn't bounce it to the outside. And then everybody's questioning your play call in the red zone, Sean. So just simplify your offense and you won't have to answer for Matthew Stafford being an empty on second and seven when you're within 12 yards of the goal line. Yeah. I, I mean, I think red zone efficiency is would be Nick's one and only key. Because last yeah. week it was it, it was very bad and it was not creative and it I mean outside of a missed fifty five yard field goal you know we're sitting here talking a completely different story yeah. um, because of the horrible red zone efficiency um, but yeah I mean settling for field goals I don't know if that's gonna I think with Arizona more so than Seattle you're gonna have to keep up with them um, so I think scoring I mean. Obviously, you always want to score a lot, but in this case, I don't. I think our defense is going to break more than 
than they can bend. And our offense is going to have to legitimately look like a Sean McVay run offense, which it really hasn't in like the last like five weeks. The one half, well, two halves, right? It was the Seattle, uh, the first week of the season. Uh, obviously, we saw it in this previous week. Offense wasn't fully clicking on, on all cylinders, but with Puka Nakua in the lineup and Cooper Cup not in the lineup, it felt like it was better. You were seeing a little bit of a of that against um, Arizona in week six, where you were kind of integrating Cooper Cup back into the lineup and Puka Nakua's targets went down, but they were still able to kind of overcome it in the second half. So I'm interested to see it's I just really like the the method of being able to not predetermine what's happening in terms of the game plan in the first and second quarters. And then like Raheem Morris being able to adjust in the second half, more blitz packages, get Aaron Donald sprung free, get Puka Nakua in space, let him just be a zone beater, get under the center, run play action, run the ball consistently, be balanced. Those are like those five big checks that Sean just has to make sure that he hits every single week. And it's really, really simple. Um, so I have, I have confidence they're going to be able to do it this week. This is, not a great football team, but I think they're good enough to be able to string together back-to-back wins against division rivals. Have they had back-to-back wins this year? Weeks, I don't think. weeks two and three, or weeks one and two. Uh, no, I guess not. So they were one and one, and then they were two and one, and then I think they were two and three, and then they got back to three and three. It's been a roller coaster. Yeah, I don't think they they've had a single back-to-back win this year. No, it's been a so. while since yeah. since that happened, so it it would be nice. It it does feel like every time we go up a peg, we go down. We go back too. So I mean, still, even if we win, we're five and six. But five and six in the NFC, you know, it could be a below five hundred team taking that seventh seed this year. So I mean, you get into the playoffs five and, and six. Possible. Yeah, you could be five and six going into the Cleveland Browns game. They're seven and three right now, but they could be seven and four. This, this upcoming weekend, and you don't know who's going to be their quarterback. Is it going to be DTR? Is it going to be Joe Flacco, who they just recently signed, South Jersey's finest? There's a big chance that it might be. So you might be, you might be playing a 5-6 and six Rams team, might be playing a 7-4 and four Cleveland Browns team with Joe Flacco starting a quarterback in preparation I hope, I hope for another Joe. AFC team the following week in the Baltimore Ravens. Uh, yeah, they'll probably, I mean, I'm going to be at that uh, Browns game December 3rd, so – They'll probably lose because I'd never see them win, but it doesn't matter. <laughs> it's going to be a tough game, especially if you get a win against the Cardinals on the road. Yeah, to win three in a row. But even if it team, is that so far, it's going to be filled to the brim with brownies. Yeah, sure. Well, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe. Who knows? Hopefully 60-40 Rams fans. I hope that this is us by the end of Sunday, running off the field with a smile. I think uh, I think Sean needs it. I think the whole uh, whole Rams nation needs to be able to get closer to 500 because it, you know the fluctuation. We talked about this too between picks 13 and picks 17, or picks 12 and pick 15. Like there's not that much of a difference. You could trade up, no. you could move up, and and make a splash if you have to. But I think I'm ready for my favorite time of the week. Next picks. I think it's time. Let's do it. Next picks. Who you got this week for us, brother? Well, it's Thanksgiving week, and this time last year we went five and zero. Once again, we we actually did it twice last year, so hopefully we can do it again. I don't have any Thanksgiving games on the slate because last year every single one of them was a Thanksgiving game, and I completely was nervous throughout the entire day. Shout out to the Rams at least for winning last week because now we're not like 
you know, dreading Sunday and thinking about how horrible it would be if we lose against Arizona. That's um, a fact. But we got a theme song, as always, for you guys. Um, it's not Thanksgiving themed, but I'll explain why it reminds me of Thanksgiving post post song. There's a next pick playing on the pod. I think I'd like to take it, but I think he's rather odd. There's some Nick's picks waiting to be had. He told me just to take them, and I know they're all worthwhile. He told me, let the gamblers place it. Let the gamblers place it. Let all the gamblers boogie. That's pretty good. Thanks. A little, a little Elton shout out. Well, Elton hasn't been on the pod in a long time. Mm, Starman. Yeah, that's, uh, that's not Elton. Respect. Starman yeah. is not, isn't that Elton? No, it's David Bowie. Ah, uh, my, that's my bad. My bad. Yeah, forgive me. That's all right. I said Jake Funk earlier. So that's <laughs> all right. It's late. Um, but yeah, uh, I don't know. Bowie always just reminded me of Thanksgiving. Maybe I, I, I have no idea why, but yeah. I'm sending that to American Idol. Hopefully I get picked this year and I'm on because uh, I thought that was pretty good. First Dewey Cox covers Starman and then Nick Fez. Um, moving go. on. Nick's picks. Commanders at Cowboys. We took uh, Giants plus 16 when the Cowboys played the Giants. And throughout that entire game, I felt like a total idiot. The Cowboys do this every week. If you are a mediocre team, they are going to kick your ass. They're, it's just what they do. They play up to the good teams and they lose close. But if you're a bad team, they are designed to just roll you out. Like Unless uh, unless it's the Cardinals, which is so odd. Yeah, but that kind of makes me think the Cardinals are like not all horrible. I think the Cardinals they're are not. coached actually rather well. They're not they're horrible. Dobbs. Yeah. Dobbs Sandy, you know, kind of brought them uh, – you know, kind of like a Lynn Sandy situation. But, I mean, I've been championing um, uh, Sam Howell this entire season. I think he's great. I think the situation in the commanders um, with Riverboat Ron and the the new ownership is just horrible. And I think it will get fixed, and Sam Howell will be a formidable starting quarterback in this league next year. He's probably going to be a really good fantasy QB. But right now, I just think, the Cowboys are destined to just roll over the commanders. It's going to be a game that no one's going to care about. So I'm taking Cowboys minus 13, and I kind of love it. Sam Howell, passing yards leader amongst the entire NFL. He has 3,300 yards in week 12. That's yeah. pretty bizarre. Sam Howell going to yeah. go over 5,000 yards this year? Remember when that one year on the Bucks when Jameis was like, by yeah. far the highest passing leader. It's very similar to that. Unfortunately. Yeah, I know. There's no direct correlation in terms of winning and passing no. touchdowns and quarterback ratings and all that. It's just yeah. yardage. Yeah, I know. And a lot of it can be garbage time, right? Because if you're playing from behind and you got to make up yardage, right. you can get a lot of garbage time passing yards very, very easily. I also think their season ended when they got swept by the Giants. So I think they, they might fold this game pretty easily. But moving on, Bucks at Colts. The Colts are sitting there in the AFC playoff picture. Just how? I have no idea how. Like, Minshew is in there. Uh, Jonathan Taylor, I believe, is still playing. And they're and they're going out there, and they're, like, competing in every single game. They beat the Browns, which is, like, historically one of, like – or, no, sorry, they didn't beat the Browns. 
But the, the Browns are like historically one of the best defenses we've seen in like 20 years of football. The last 20 years, they are like up there with like 85 Bears. And the Colts put up with Minshew 30 points on them. Like, <laughs> it doesn't make any it, sense. It, no, it doesn't make any sense. And I think when, you know, next year, when their quarterback comes back, they're going to be great. But until then, I don't know. And this this Bucks team is kind of like the Colts of the AFC. It's like you look at the playoff picture and you're like, how are they still in the hunt? It's like they're losing all these games close. But, you know, they're kind of, you know, they covered 13 last week. They're 13 and a half against San Francisco, which somehow I had for some reason. <laughs> Somebody texted me, I love this play. And, of course, it was 13 and a half and they – I think they lost by exactly 13, so it wasn't even a push. They covered. I just like – I think the Bucks are really good against the spread. I think the Colts are going to win this one by, like, one point. But give me Baker on, like, on Thanksgiving weekend, plus two and a half, coming off a loss. Um, and, I, you know, I just kind of like them in this spot. If you give me Bucks with points, I'm probably going to take it this season because I feel like they're just – they play really well to the spread number exactly, but then they kind of fall off after that. I'm a Baker fan. Go Baker. Go box. Yeah, right. What's next? Baker Baker Mayfield Rams jersey is so bizarre. I cannot and then it's new school. I can't believe it's a thing, but I mean, just Baker Mayfield, Carson Wentz, Jarek Goff, every single one of them was a Ram at one point. That just makes no sense. It's a fact. But moving on. Saints and Falcons. I made a terrible bet. Yeah, you and I this is how I should have known. It was a terrible bet. Because I texted you about it and you were like, oh, that's a you hammer that. I took Saints over eight and a half wins. And Dean was like, oh, you should you should bump it up to nine and a half wins. And what are they every, at, um, how many wins do they have now? Five? Five. They have five. They'll, they'll so, get there. Uh, it's it's going to come down to the wire. And they're going to need to win this week against the Falcons. So I'm trying to you know, double my money here and, and bet on the Saints because I need them just to win a lot more games. So I'm just going to take Saints minus one. Um, we, we don't even know if it's Carr or if it's Winston right now. I don't really think it matters. I would probably prefer Carr. Uh, Jameis is just – that's not somebody I want, like, my money to rely on. Uh, at least Derek Carr is more, like, safe with the football. But this bet is not about the Saints. It's about the poorly run Falcons organization with Arthur Smith, who's supposed to be this, like – you know, amazing offensive-minded coach who is putting out Taylor Heineke and ramming Desmond Ritter into the offseason and really just has terrible quarterback play. They turn the ball over often. And even though this game is in Atlanta, the Saints always play up in Atlanta. So I'm I'm taking Saints minus one, and I'm feeling kind of good about it, honestly. I'm going Taysom Hill anytime touchdown in that game, too. I'm starting him this week in fantasy. So, yeah, I like that. Dean's lock is a taste. Taysom Hill anytime. That would be a lock. You got another one? So I'm not doing an over-under this week. I'm just taking Commanders at Cowboys. Uh, Cowboys minus 13. Bucks plus two and a half. Saints minus one. And then my quick pick, I want to see two Rams wins in a row. So I'm just taking Rams money line. If you can get them as dogs, all the better. I, I don't buy any points. Just take Rams minus or I like Rams money line whatever the minus 105 or plus 105 whatever it is and yeah I think uh I think we got a chance here at at, at a perfect week you got your lines to cover tomorrow too what do you mean oh lions yeah I this is terrible this is terrible I advise nobody to do this but 
I took Lions money line minus three fifty. Nah, whatever. Yeah. You got the money to put it you get to put it down on them, and that's what you that's you're confident in the bet. Yeah, the strike, the actors and writers strike is over, and I just got a legitimate job, so I I celebrate it by risking three hundred and fifty one of my own dollars to win a hundred on Jared Goff and the Lions. So fingers crossed. Jeez, go Lions. Aaron Jones is out for the Packers, and Jordan Love is trash, and this is the Lions Super Bowl, so I think it's a, a lock, but you never know. Jared Goff has never eaten the Thanksgiving leg, and I really want to see that tomorrow. <laughs> so you got a good chance of seeing it tomorrow. Yeah. Macy's Day Thanksgiving Parade. Jared Goff eats turkey leg. Things that are supposed to happen on Thanksgiving. Mm. Having fun with your cousins. Getting... <laughs> getting cereal with your cousins and coming back with red eyes. Things that are supposed to happen on Thanksgiving. Oh, I love it. Uh, thank you guys for listening. It's going to be a really fun game this weekend. Fun holiday season coming up. Everybody have a happy Thanksgiving. We appreciate you. We love you and go Rams. King K. Rule, anytime touchdown score. Thank you guys for listening. Take care. Horns up. Peace.